Community solar is a really important innovation that allows people to participate in local clean energy projects. The Minnesota legislature is proposing changes that would update the state's solar garden program. It's like a community garden for producing solar energy instead of tomatoes. That's one way to think about it. And it produced 62% of the state's solar power in 2021. That's the second largest in the nation. But it hasn't had the reach lawmakers intended. So here to tell us more about it is Timothy Denherter-Thomas. He's the general manager with Cooperative Energy Futures. Hey, Timothy, welcome to ClimateCast. Thank you for having me. So let's start with the basics. Can you briefly lay out how solar gardens work? So a community solar garden is a large solar array. Uh, Many of these are built on open land, uh, but they can also be built on rooftops or even parking canopies. And a third party is able to build a project and connect it to Xcel Energy's utility grid. And Xcel Energy is required under law to credit community subscribers because it could be residents, they could be local businesses, nonprofits, local governments for their proportion of the energy that's produced by the solar garden. So it's a way to sign up and participate in solar without having to put uh, actual solar panels on your roof which makes it accessible for a wide range of energy users that either don't own property or don't have a good solar site or can't necessarily afford the upfront cost to put solar up themselves. And so there are 25,000 Minnesotans who subscribe to these solar garden programs. Uh, Seems like a pretty good number. Why do lawmakers want to change it? It has been a real success in Minnesota, uh, but even that 25,000 number in terms of the number of residents is actually a relatively small proportion of the total energy that's being delivered through community solar. Um, About 86% of the energy that's delivered through community solar uh, is subscribed by commercial customers or uh, local governments or schools, um, basically larger institutions. And there are many who are concerned that the program hasn't been as successful as it could be in terms of reaching residential customers and particularly low-income customers who couldn't participate in solar in other ways. So we're very excited about changes that the legislature is considering to increase that focus. And let's talk about this legislation. What are lawmakers proposing that would address the issues here? Uh, The one that we are most focused on as Cooperative Energy Futures uh, is a change to essentially create what we call a community access project designation. That's a type of community solar that is really focused on Uh, access for residential and low-income customers, and also has other requirements that ensure that there's uh, high levels of transparency uh, and ensuring that the benefits are going to the local community. And it basically ensures that those customers are getting an adequate compensation rate similar to what a household would get if they're putting solar on their own roof. There are also changes involved that um, make it much more flexible in terms of where subscribers can come from. Uh, One problem has been that a lot of the most easy-to-develop sites for community solar are in greater Minnesota, but there has been a rule that says uh, you can't have subscribers from more than one county over in a solar garden. So that has prevented a lot of people in the core of the Twin Cities from accessing some of these uh, more rural projects. So big picture, why do we need solar gardens and what are their role going forward as we make this clean energy transition? So community solar is a really important innovation 
that allows people to participate in local clean energy projects very much in the same way that we participate in purchasing energy from a utility. Uh, you don't have to invest up front. Uh, you pay on a monthly basis. And uh, with community solar, you can actually generate net savings. So you're, you're paying less on your utility bill than you would otherwise. And it's absolutely essential for uh, renters and people without a good site for solar themselves if they want to be a part of this clean energy revolution. Timothy Denherter Thomas with Cooperative Energy Futures. Thanks for sharing your perspective on ClimateCast today. Thanks so much for telling the story and for all that you do. That's ClimateCast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hudson.